Thank you, Matt, for those wonderful songs. Thank you, Adam. You did a good job. Gracias, hermano. Buen trabajo. Um, let me tell you this. I have been praying for this opportunity because uh, preaching in English is not easy, especially when your first language is Spanish, you know. But uh, I will try my best, and I know I have the Holy Spirit upon me this morning, so he will speak for me. So let me uh, take a moment again to uh, thank you for coming yesterday uh, for our uh, third festival of the Americas in this church. So we, again, we had a great, great time, and I want to thank you, all the people who were involved in these activities. In fact, for all those who uh, uh, were behind the scenes, because let me tell you, uh, you did a, a great, great job, and uh, thank you for giving us the privilege to serve our community. So, I know kids, kids had a great time. And I had a great time too, because even though I'm getting old and old each day, I still enjoy those piñatas, really. I still enjoy, and you know, we, uh, we uh, uh, put a lot of candies in those piñatas, and I mean, it was just a, a fun looking all those kids, you know, breaking those piñatas and, 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 and uh, having fun with the inflatables outside. So it was, it was great. It was great. Thank you very much again. Uh, if you don't have, uh, if you didn't have the time to come, we encourage you to come next year, Lord willing. So um, I knew, I know that some people came early, like uh, uh, Daniel, he was here early. Thank you, Daniel. And I know he likes the Honduran food. You enjoyed it, right? Especially the baleadas. The baleadas work good. So anyway, I'm going to be speaking about sufficient grace. Because brothers, we really don't need nothing else. We already have the grace. And uh, that is really sufficient for us. I like to use the Bible when I preach. The problem is that I need a large print Bible. Yeah. And this is, in Spanish, this is a large print Bible, but it's in Spanish. So, I'm going to be using, you know, my device, and I'm sorry, but uh, technology helps us, you know, in everything. So, anyway... When I'm talking about grace with people, I always get encouraged by the Apostle Paul letters, especially when he wrote to the Corinthian folks. In the second Corinthians, beginning in Second Corinthians, beginning in chapter 7, verse 
I can't even see. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Beginning in, in verse 7, Paul says, Even though I have received such a wonderful revelation from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keeping me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. Every time I have the opportunity to talk to people about my life, about how God touched my heart, about how God changed my life. I always talk about grace. Because it's by grace that we have been saved. And brothers and sisters, like I told you before, the grace of God is sufficient for us. So first of all, on these verses, we're going to talk about the problem when God says no. When God says no, there are times when one thing we want is the one thing we never get. For instance, I would like to live my life without sickness. I would like to live my life and not getting older each day. I would like to be young. I would like to, you know, I would like to be my, uh, live my life different. But you know what? There is sometimes when God says no. Because, because His grace is sufficient. And sometimes all we want is an open door or an extra day or an answer prayer for which we'll be thankful. Long, long time ago, maybe 25 years ago, there was a lady in our church She was about 60 or 65 years old. And every Sunday, every Sunday, when I made an invitation after my sermon, she used to come to me and said, Brother Marco, please pray for my husband. 
he is not a Christian. And that was every single Sunday. For 20 years, one day, she arrived very early. And the first thing she said to me was, Brother Marco, thank you for your prayers. The Lord finally answered my prayer. But for 20 years, this lady was praying and praying and praying and no answer. But 20 years later, she was so happy. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, just don't give up. Because sometimes the Lord says no, but he has a good reason to say no. And so we pray and wait. No answer. We pray and wait. No answer. We pray and wait. No answer. May I ask you a very important question this morning? What if God says no? What if the request is delayed or even denied? If God says, I've given you my grace, and that is enough, will you be content? Don't answer me. Just answer yourself. Will you be content? Content. That is the word. Often, I heard people saying, Oh, what a bad day. It's raining. What a bad day. I had a headache. And they complain and complain and complain. Let me tell you. This is the day that the Lord has made. And all we have to do is rejoice and be glad in it. Let us stop complaining. Because there are times when God says no. So... Content is a state of the heart in which you will be in peace if God gave you nothing more than you already have. And let me tell you, brethren, I don't need more, more clothes. I got enough. I don't need no more food. We got enough yesterday. I don't need no more children. I got, I raised seven. And I'm still raising, you know, my grandchildren. And I don't need a raise. Well, well, well I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but let me say this. We 
God enough. In fact, we live in a country that we have too much here. And, and sometimes we don't know what to do with all the things we have in this country. And that, that is why I like to travel and go to those countries when we do a mission work because, brother, we always say that there is poverty in this country. But I think poverty, poverty in this country sometimes is an option. But in those countries, and there are poor countries, they don't have any option. You know what I'm saying? So, I used to, for seven years, I used to work up in the mountains in my country. Seven years. And I like to spend time with children. They were, they were, uh, they didn't have any clothes to wear, any shoes to wear. And every time I ask them, how are you doing? You know what they say? They said, I'm happy. Because they knew that the grace of God was sufficient. And brothers, we need to understand this. Three times, oops, three times, Paul says, Lord, take this out of me. But God says no. So for us, the, for, uh, for us, the solution to our trials is to eliminate sometimes the problem. But the vision of God is different. However, His presence, His love, His compassion, His mercy, His Holy Spirit, His grace is just enough. It's just enough. We don't need, we don't need to be anxious for anything because we already have sufficient. Listen what Paul says to the Philippi church. Do not be anxious about anything by in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. One of the verses in the Bible that it lifted me up all those years that I had spent in hospital was 1 Peter 5, 7. The short verse. Every time I read this short verse, 
the Lord lifted me up. Cast all your anxieties on him. Because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him. And every time I read this, I read this verse, man, you have no idea how the Lord worked through that verse in me. There were days that I was so down, but I had my Bible. I had my Bible in my bed. And every time I fell down, I always read that verse. And it's my favorite verse in the entire Bible. It's a short verse, but it's so powerful. Because we don't need to be anxious for anything. You know, brothers, anxiety and prayer Anxiety and prayer are two great opposing forces in Christian experience. The opposite of anxiety is the tranquility that comes when the believer commits all his care to God in prayer and worries about then no more. Saturday morning, we were working here late. I mean late. My God and some of my kids got home at 3 o'clock in the morning. Getting prepared, you know, for the, uh, for the uh, Festival of the Americas. And then at 6 o'clock, three hours later, I got up. Because my, my son, Marco Jr., he always, you know, sent uh, uh, a, a reminder for us about Saturday, not to forget to come and pray Saturday morning. So about 10 p.m. on Friday, I got the message, and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to be so tired. I don't know if I'll, if, if I'll come or not. But you know what? I set my alarm. at 5.45 in the morning. So I slept a few hours, and we came here to pray. From 6.30 to 7.30, one hour, we cast all our anxieties to the Lord. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I cannot do it anymore. Lord, I don't know what is going to happen later. You know, but then we thought, Okay, just cast all our anxieties to him because he cares about us. And that was what we need to do. Sometimes we feel so tired. Sometimes we feel down. And that's okay. But casting 
all the anxieties on him is the key. And then, I'm going to talk a little bit about the plea. Remove the thorn, Paul says. Paul wrestled with that one. He knew the anguish of an answered prayer. He gave the appeal a code name, a thorn in the flesh. Suffering can reveal the heart of man. Not just the heart of God. Suffering can be a lure to the presence of God. And suffering can be fertilizer for love. So my grace is sufficient for you. Over nine years ago. I passed through the more difficult times in my entire life. And some of the members from Brainer, they know what I'm talking about. I've been facing a lot of difficult situations in my life. But let me say this. Over nine years ago, was the worst. I left the hospital here in Chattanooga and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know anything. So I got out of the hospital, got in my car, and I couldn't even drive. Then I began to pray. And I said, I need to call the elders. So I did. I called the elders. And I told them what was going to happen. What was happening. The elders were like an angel sending by God. They gave me such encouragement. They lifted me up. And I remember they saying to me, Marco, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. Every time, every morning, I used to come to my office and pray and pray and cry. But one day, I opened my Bible. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I began to read 
the second Corinthians. And I read the verse that which is read and said that, that says, My grace is sufficient. And the Spanish version it says, My love is all you need. You know what I did? I grabbed a pencil, I wrote those words and put signs of those words in my office and all the words inside my office. And every morning, every single morning, I came to my office. First thing I did was read the verse. My love is all that you need. My grace is sufficient. After nine years, the Lord, the Lord has shown me the grace. And now I can say that I'm content because the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. That is why, for Christian's sake, Paul says in verse 10, 2 Corinthians, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. We need to build strong church folks. We need to build a strong faith in us. And we need to rely on God's grace. So I don't know what your weakness is or what things you are struggling with. Maybe a disobedient child maybe an economic problem, or maybe a chronic illness or work, whatever it is. I'm here to tell you that God's grace is sufficient. What was the thought in the flesh? No one knows for sure. But there are some top candidates, foes, oppositions, bad side, speech impediments, epilepsy, sexual temptations, why not? After all, Paul was a single man. He describes the temptation like one who knew, who knew uh, her uh, firsthand. The thorn in the flesh was a messenger, a messenger from Satan to torment him. The obscurity of Paul's language have frustrated the attempts to solve this enigmatic problem. 
And look what he says. It is, it is no longer I myself who do it. But it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing it. And then in, in verse 24 he adds, what a, wretch, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? What Paul is saying here in verse 17 is not an attempt to escape moral responsibility, but in a statement of the great control sin can have over Christians' life. It's amazing. It's amazing how sin controls our lives. And then the principle, I'm going to be finished in a few more minutes. Grace is enough. We may be wondering why it doesn't remove temptation from our lives. If he did, we may lean on our restraint instead of his grace. A few stumbles may need to convince us that his grace is sufficient for us. Perhaps we ask ourselves, why God allow us to suffer in this life? In fact, God tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to close, folks. God has every right to say no whenever he wants. We have every reason to say thanks to him. Everything will be all right because his grace, grace is sufficient for us. So let us think about it. Let us always rejoice. Thank God for this rain. We need it. Thank God because you have given us so much in this world. Thank God for my children, for my grandchildren. You know, there is every reason Reasons to thank God, even though in the sufferings. Let us let's stand up, please. I'm going to close with a prayer. And if you would like to come to the Lord, if you still don't know the Lord, if you still haven't been baptized, brothers, friends, this will be such a great opportunity. I'm so happy because yesterday during the festival, I was talking with a fellow. And he came to me and he said, Brother Marco, I was baptized 
in a Catholic church when I was a baby. And I said, that's great. That's, that's, that's great. But you need the true baptism. So we start talking. And he said, one of these days I will be baptized. And I know that he will. This is a grace. This is grace. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace, even though we don't deserve it. But we thank you for that great sacrifice that you did, sending your only son to die in that cross to take away our sins. Father, we know that this life sometimes is hard. We know, Father, that sometimes we have hardships, difficulties in our lives. And Father, you are the only one who knows our hearts. And we ask you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ to fill our hearts with grace. And for those who may do not know you, touch their hearts so they can be part of this body and enjoy all your blessings from above. We thank you, Father, for this great church. We thank you, Father, for the great eldership that we have. Thank you for them. And thank you for all the members who made all this work possible. Continue to bless our lives and continue to work through us and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.